I was never the top sales rep. I was never the most talented, never any of those things. But what I did a good job of was showing up every day. No matter how I felt, motivation wasn't this thing that just came out of thin air. It was this thing that you created. I'm gonna do everything that I need to do to have success, not cut any corners, and see what that's gonna create. Every summer going into the summer, I would work on reinventing my habits. Your business is a reflection of you. Your life is a reflection of you. It's all a mirror of you internally. The voice you just heard is Kevin Barth, one of the top district managers in the history of the Cutco Vector Marketing Sales Organization. By showing up every day for the past 12 years, KB has achieved great success and developed many others to do the same. He has been a cornerstone of the prolific Rocky Mountain Division, and having recently surpassed $10 million in career sales, KB has qualified for the Company Hall of Fame. His example can be an inspiration for anyone who wants to have a great career, whether in Vector or elsewhere. I know you'll enjoy the stories and lessons from the Hall of Fame journey of Kevin Barth. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm with Kevin Barth today one of the cornerstones of the Rocky Mountain Division and the Southwest region for many years. Kevin has been in the Cutco Vector business since 2010. He was a student at Colorado State University when he started, ran a branch in 2011, and became a district manager in 2012. He has been operating in Colorado Springs, has been one of the key members of a multiple national championship division there, in the Rocky Mountain Division. Uh, He served as the ADVM, working closely with Drew Frank for many years. And Kevin has just achieved his $10 million milestone in career Cutco sales. So we are celebrating his Hall of Fame career today. Hey, B, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, take us back to 2010 and tell us a little bit about how you got started with Cutco. Yeah. So I started, I got a letter in the mail and I got a letter in the mail my first year out of high school. And I didn't really know what the job entailed. I just read the letter and I had a job as a lifeguard that summer. So I threw it in the trash and didn't need a job that summer. 
The second summer, got another letter in the mail and didn't have a job, didn't want to be a lifeguard that summer again. It was, you know, not what I saw myself doing. And I had a car that I had just purchased prior to the summertime, knew I needed a job, knew I needed to make money. And my mom was like, just check it out, you know, see what it's about, go in, see what the job entails. And all I really knew coming into the job was that you sold knives. I actually had a friend that had uh, interviewed prior to that. And his almost exact words, this is a story that I used to tell in training all the time, but his exact words was like, you sell knives, it's dumb, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Accepted for the position, didn't come in for the job. And you know, me being me and knowing that I needed to get a job to pay for what I needed to pay for, I was like, all right, I'll go check it out. The interview impressed me. I actually interviewed with a guy named Kevin as well in a branch office in Colorado Springs. And interview impressed me, decided to show up to training. And I thought I was going to do the job for a week and then quit. I actually was applying for other jobs in the meantime. And I was a computer engineer at the time in school, applying for jobs in my major. Didn't get any of those jobs. And I was, quote unquote, stuck with selling knives that summer. <laughs> stuck with it, huh? All right. Well, it turned out to be pretty good, man. Yeah. Tell, us, uh, tell us some of the experiences you had that first summer that stand out and some of the lessons that came out of those. I think the first lesson that came to mind was that I could follow the program that was put in place for me and see success. And that really was what helped me to have a lot of success as a manager. I could follow the program that was put in place and I could scale things bigger. And my first summer, it was awesome. I was able to pay for everything that I needed to pay for car-wise. Wasn't the most like top-selling representative, but what was nice was that I got involved into management my first summertime. I became an assistant manager after a month. And something that really stood out to me for my first summer was uh, we had a push period, SC2 push. And I really committed for that push period and sold a couple of sets. And uh, when I got back from the conference, actually both of those sets got returned. So felt like I had a good push week and then coming back realized that uh, I don't really, you know, I was a little bit like unsure of what had happened, but my manager had sat me down and he said, you know what, I'm really proud of you for going after it after a big result. And you fell flat on your face in a sense, but what I noticed was that you put in the work here, you put in the effort here, and I'm proud of you for that. And that really meant a lot to me. And that's what got me involved on a deeper level into our management program moving forward. Nice. Nice. And so you continued as an AM throughout that next year, and then you became a branch the following summer. Is that right? I did. So I was an assistant manager uh, up at CSU in Fort Collins. I transferred to the office where my college was and was an assistant manager under a guy named Will Haugen mm -hmm. and was an assistant manager for him for the next couple of years. And that was while playing some soccer up there, having another job at the time and doing Cutco. And, you know, I had other things that I needed to pay for, but I just saw that I had to keep the Cutco door open because there was so much potential. And uh, the next summer, I was the lowest in sales as a branch manager. I wish I could go back and sell more for sure for anybody that's training in order to get promoted towards being a branch or a district manager. I definitely wish I would have sold more uh, and been more prepared in that regard. But I was given the opportunity that second summer to run a branch office. Nice. Nice. And how'd that go? Where did you branch? 
So I branched in South Colorado Springs. Back then, it was split into two territories as branch offices, North and South. And I ran the South office. And uh, it was fun. It was amazing. You know, I remember, I remember so many ups and downs in my branch. I had uh, a training seminar where I had 50 people scheduled for a training seminar. And I was expecting 20, 25. Uh, I had 40 of them show up. And we ran chairs. We had people sitting on the floor. I had people sitting on like my home, like shelves that I brought in for my branch office from my house, you know, just to have extra things there. Uh, They broke those. And it was, it was just like me being 21 year old Kevin running this office for, you know, running a training seminar for three days for 40 people who are very similar in age. And it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Ended up recruiting 80 people that summer, sold $80,000. One thing that stood out to me the most was when at a push period, SC1 push period, uh, we had a competition sales-wise and I won a trophy. Wasn't expecting to win really anything that summer. I was the least trained branch manager. I'd ran one interview and zero training seminars going into my branch office and barely did PDI, barely did PCs. And Drew pulled me aside after I had won a trophy. My division manager, Drew Frank, and said he was so proud of me. And, and that was really a common theme in my upbringing in Cutco that I love to give back to my people as well. And, uh, that was a really big moment for me to feel really good about an accomplishment over summertime and working hard. Excellent. And what made you decide to become a district manager a year later? Yeah. So some things that actually happened with my family. I really enjoyed my summer and saw myself being in a role if I would, was going to be offered an, another role as a career position. But I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do after college. I switched my major to business management after I had done Cutco for a couple of years, went from computer engineering, computer science to business management. And a couple of things happened family-wise that had shifted my what I wanted to do after college. So my dad got diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. He got dementia when I was in my uh, junior year of college. And the reason why I chose to become a district manager at that time was because he lost his job. He wasn't able to work any longer. I remember the time that we knew he was sick was he was picking up my mom from the hospital. She worked night shifts. And uh, instead of him going 30 minutes to pick her up, he drove an hour to the next town and didn't even realize where he was. And that was the first sign that I was like, okay, something's up. My dad was really the pivotal point in our family of support and structure and guidance and and so much for our family and for a lot of other people too, and for a lot of other families as well. And I saw this as the opportunity where I could work hard and get rewarded for it. And that's really why I chose to become a district manager was I ended up not finishing college actually. Instead of finishing school, I decided to become a district manager at the end of at the summer of 2012, moved back home to live with my mom and to help take care of my dad and uh, became a district manager to help my mom pay for the bills. Nice. And it's been an amazing ride for you here over these past 10 years. You have had a lot of great highlights. You've been a top performer nationwide. You have helped build the Rocky Mountain Division into a juggernaut that has won multiple national championships. Uh, You've worked very closely with Drew Frank, been his ADVM, and now 
hitting the $10 million mark here just, uh, just a couple months ago. So this is a celebration, this episode of your Hall of Fame journey. And uh, I would just love for us to be able to talk through some of the elements of that journey and uh, you know, what were some of the key experiences, first of all, that stand out along the way. Yeah, I think the first thing that really set the tone in my uh, district manager career was I remember a year-end banquet, uh, our year-end celebration in January of 2012. And that was right before I was going to be receiving my promotion to become a district manager. And then that following summer, be a district manager. And I remember seeing everybody else, their suit, their bonuses, their sales, their trips that they've been on, all these other things. And all I could think to myself was, if they can do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. If they can do it, I can do it. And, And what I had this... I guess, awakening of, you know, if you want to call it that at that time was, was I'm going to commit to everything and not cut any corners and see what happens. I'm going to do everything that I need to do to have success, not cut any corners and see what that's going to create. And we came out of the gate swinging first summer, sold $404,000. First eight months, we sold 550 grand. And you know, it showed to me that if I don't cut corners and I do things the right way, big things can happen. Yeah. What a great lesson that is right there, right? That just by not cutting corners and, and it comes back to one of the earlier things you said about following the program, right? That Vector has a track for someone to follow that if they follow without cutting corners and put in full effort and truly win the day every single day, good things happen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times great things happen. So, and for you, right, 400K that first summer, uh, that was a big start to your career. Yeah. Yeah. What else stands out along the way for you? A couple things come to mind. One is, you know, the programs that were set in place were the programs that I grew up in in our division, in the Rocky Mountain Division. And I'm so grateful for starting off as I did with Drew Frank as our leader. And uh, that's something that's been transformational for my life as well, connecting with Drew and being, you know, meeting somebody that you really want to be like and feeling that you belong and feeling like, you know, if you do the things that he does, you can get to the point where he is. And I remember every summer for 10 years trying to keep up with Drew to kick off the summer every summer as best as I could. He, he's so good at what he does, but that showed to me like working hard and seeing good leadership and, and feeling connected to transforming myself in different ways. I saw Drew run Ironmans and half marathons and all these different things. And I started to do those things. And then as I did those things, my people started to do those things. And, you know, your business is a reflection of you. And and Drew really uh, nailed that into us for a very long time. Your life is a reflection of you nowadays is how I see all of it. It's, It's all a mirror of you internally. And I'm very grateful for having a great example of what it's like to run a great Cutco business, but also to be a great human being as well. What a great insight that was, KB. It's amazing sometimes to me to think about the power that one person has had on our own lives, right? With the the effect that Drew had with you. And, And I always think about like, what if it wasn't Drew, right? What if you 
started somewhere else, right? What if the the line was in a different state and you started with somebody else? Or, you know, what if uh, Drew didn't move from Philadelphia to Colorado in 2008 or whenever that was, uh, 2007? It just, uh, it's amazing to think about those things, right? That uh, you were lucky to have had that powerful influence on you in your life. And I can say the same thing about a couple of the great people that have had an impact on me. And uh, we're, we're so lucky to have had these great influences. So it's cool. What do you feel like you've enjoyed most about being a district manager? I think what I've enjoyed most, a couple of things really come to mind. One is, is the family-like culture. That's something that I've enjoyed uh, working with Nick Matlack, working with Patty Breeden, uh, working with Alex Masaryk, Athena Lopez, Adam Hayes Lemon, Drew, all these people just becoming family over the years. We, we've become so close. It is my second family. Uh, I don't even know if I would call it my second family at this point. It just is family. And that's what I've loved about working here for so long is that it's an environment that I enjoy working in, that pushes me, that supports me, that helps me, but also we can have a ton of fun in. And that was a key part for me for sticking around for so long. Yeah. What was different about Rocky Mountains culture, you feel? I know you haven't worked in another division, so it's hard to know, but we all have this perception of like what's great about where we are. Yeah. Right. What yeah. What was great about Rocky Mountains culture that you feel might have set it set it apart from other organizations? I think we challenge each other to do really well. Uh, when I first started, starting with Nick and Patty, really helped me to like have the summer that I had to kick off my Cutco career. Having the both of them to lead the charge and me competing with them along the way. I'm a very competitive person. I played a lot of soccer growing up for a long time. And uh, I love doing this job because I could be competitive and now I could get rewarded for it. And, you know, growing up with Drew, Nick, and Patty to start my district manager career, I just could do what they're doing and have success. And that's the first thing. The second thing is I think our team. What we did such a good job of over the years was having everybody feel connected, having everybody feel like they matter. And whether it came from Drew or whether it came from me or whether it came from Maz or whether it came from Nick or Patty, there have been so many of us over the years, but we've had people around for a long time. And the connectedness, I, I always told other divisions like, you got to have a glue guy. You got to have someone that's bringing everyone together. Someone that when we're on the trips, it's like, hey, what are they doing? Let's pull them in. You know, somebody that like, if they're struggling, how can we, how can we incorporate more with that? And how can we get more people involved? And that really translated in my organization as well for a very long time too. You know, making people feel as though they're part of something bigger, connecting people to each other and feeling like we're working towards a really common goal. Yeah. Who is the best example of being the glue in Rocky Mountain? Man, the first person that comes to mind is Maz with his energy and his excitement. I think the two of us, we roomed on majority of our trips and we always incorporated pretty much everybody. You know, I remember one going to Rome and it was like the movie Step Brothers, where we literally were walking through, this isn't part of the movie, but where we walked through we went to a bar. We were on our way to the next bar. I was with Maz. We looked each other in the eye and we're like, we're running to the next bar. And we were like, did we just become best friends? And it was this moment of just like, 
like, yeah, this is amazing. Like we work together. We're in Rome right now. Like, why wouldn't we do this forever? You know, like, like it was just so much fun. And the two of us really tried to incorporate everybody, you know, Drew did such a good job for so long of, you know, making people feel heard and making people feel welcomed. And then the two of us really embraced that over the years and that trickled down along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Speak to the power of travel as an element of the culture of Vector and the, the, um, the benefit of being a district manager. Yeah. Can't say enough uh, how grateful I am for working in a company that embodies travel. It's, uh, it's amazing. You know, even from just coming back from Hawaii to doing things that I don't think I ever would have done in my lifetime, let alone like one of these things in a lifetime, other than like 15 of these things in 10 years. And some really stories that stand out going to Rome, like I was talking about seeing everything from the Colosseum to the David to the Vatican, St. Peter's Basilica, these amazing places that I don't think I ever would have traveled to. You know, I had the opportunity to go to London with Drew and get some one-on-one time. And we got to go to Stonehenge. And for all of the historical places that we go to, the beach places I really love. I love everything from Hawaii that we just got back from and seeing the sunset at the top of a volcano, going through the clouds and seeing the sea of clouds as the sun comes down. And, uh, you know, to being in a bioluminescent bay and Grand Cayman watching the water light up beneath you as you swim through it, as you kayak through it. It's just so many things that when you travel and you get that perspective that where you're at in your life right now isn't where it's always going to (laughs) be. It just helps to open you up to more of what's possible and more of what the world has to offer. And that maybe whatever you're experiencing today is just a part of life that's helping you to get to where you want to be. But travel really helped me to have more perspective, good and bad, you know, and help me to see more of what was out there and yeah. what we work towards. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. When you brought up Stonehenge, I couldn't help but think about visiting that place myself. And it was during a Cutco trip. We went to London and Paris. I'm pretty sure it was 1999. And I rented a car and we drove down to Stonehenge. And so, you know, you rent a car in England, you're driving on the opposite side of the road from normal, right? So every time I would turn, I can't remember if it was right turns or left, I think it was right turns. I would always veer back over to the right, like, whoa, I got to get over here in the, in the middle. But Stonehenge was the place that was totally like, just perplexing to me to look at these giant stones piled up and to think about how did people do that all those many that however many thousands of years ago it was right how did they do that it was just crazy to think about and i had an experience uh as well uh kb when we had the munich trip do you remember we had munich just a couple years ago yeah right i woke up that that morning in switzerland in lucerne and we drove into Liechtenstein, and we spent part of the day in Liechtenstein, a very small country that's right there between Switzerland and Austria. And then we headed off into a little sliver of Austria later in the evening, and then up into Germany and drove to Munich and checked into the hotel in Munich that night. 
So I visited four countries in one day. Mm. And, um, you know, it, something never that never would have happened without, you know, Vector helping me develop that travel bug and that just desire to see different places and, you know, meet different people and have a dreams list and check it off, right? Yeah. Uh, and all those cool things. Absolutely. I've got this Arsenal Manchester United scarf right behind me. And that was one of my dreams list. I'm a big Arsenal fan, played soccer all growing up. And, you know, Drew, Nick and Nick's wife, we were all able to go to an Arsenal Manchester United game. And there, there are so many different stories that I could share. But this one was so interesting because, you know, we were very underprepared for the game. We had to take a three-hour train ride to get to Manchester. And we didn't know how the trains worked. So, you know, as soon as it's time to get on the train, everyone starts sprinting to the train to find their seat. And we're like, what are they doing? So we ended up having to stand on this train for three hours in this like four by four little box. And it's memories that I'll never forget, you know, getting to the game, seeing all these people, just having the best time with the closest friends that I've made in, in the business, outside of the business. And it's times like that, that when you're 25 years old and you got to check off bucket list items off your list, you know, it's like, why, why would I want to do anything else? It's, it's so fun and so exciting. And there's so much more that can come from it too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Any other just key experiences that stand out that have helped shape you into who you are? There's been a lot of things like what comes to mind is a lot of development personally. And that's, that's what has also kept me around in Cutco for the last 12 years is the growth. You know, I've heard you say it a lot. Uh, I've heard many vector people say it a lot where if you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not moving forward, you're decreasing actually, you know, you're not staying neutral. And there have been different evolutions of that. I know every summer going into the summer, I would work on reinventing my habits. And as soon as the company trip hits, as soon as I got back from the company trip, I would always pick habits that I wanted to have going into the summer because I knew that the it wasn't a flip of the switch. I had to work on these things for several months leading into the summer if I wanted to be a well-oiled machine going into the busiest season of our business. So there were times where I would track my sleep. How long was I sleeping each night? And I, I tracked for four months, what was my peak performance sleep? You know, if I got eight hours, I woke up groggy. If I got, you know, seven hours, seven and a half hours, it was perfect. If I got less than that, it's a little tired for the next day. So I knew that going into the summertime in our busy season. So I worked every night, go to bed at 10, wake up at five, go to bed at 11, wake up at six, you know, those types of habits going into the summer. And I have so many evolutions of that. You know, I would track how much water intake, I would track how much I was working out. I think the workout factor for me that I took away from the book, The One Thing, was what is the one thing that if you do this, everything else will become easier or unnecessary. And that to me was working out. And working out, I ate better. Working out, I slept better. Working out, I drank more water. I was more patient. I was having more fun. I was more excited. And that was really a domino habit for me that I established a lot of the success that I had. I remember waking up at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., and I would take my key people to the gym with me. 
I remember specifically two representatives that I always took to the, to the gym with me for years, Charlie Boyd, Eric Vereen. Uh, Charlie Boyd is now a $1.5 million Cutco sales professional. And Eric Vereen was a assistant manager, branch manager, district manager, and a Cutco sales professional who sold over $400,000 of Cutco. And that was our culture in our office. It was it was growth. It was growing yourself. And whenever I was growing myself, my business was thriving. Whenever I was learning more about money, my business was having more you know, interest in investments and saving and budgeting. Whenever I was learning more about energy management, learning more about spirituality, learning more about these different topics that I just dove full force into, my business started to reflect that as well and really attracted some amazing people to the organization. It's amazing when we're learning, we feel more inspired and motivated. We feel like we want to put that learning into action and it inspires us. And then obviously it also gives us something to share with the people around us. So that's a very powerful example. I love it. Yeah. Who are, who are some of the people who have made the biggest difference in your career, Kevin? Yeah. Biggest difference in my career. First that comes to mind is Drew and Drew's been there for everything. It's been there from Everything from the best days that I've had in Cutco, but mainly the worst days that I've had or the times where I really needed the support. You know, he's been there from everything from helping to give some advice on buying a car to uh, being there to support me when my dad passed away. And that is his family. That's he became someone who is such a influence in my life for so long that really shaped me into who I am today. So that's the first one. Nick and Patty, who I had mentioned earlier, the two of them, I, I don't think if I didn't have the, the two to compete with them and ha- to have as an example of somebody who is running the business the right way and in different ways. You know, Nick was very recruiting focused and, and Patty was too, but Nick was developing people in different ways uh, where I could compete in a development sense. What I've been really good at over the years is developing people and having big staffs and big branch classes and big development. And I always looked at the two of them as just competition in the beginning. They have always been there to help me and support me. I'm so grateful for that. They've always been there to have conversations early in the morning, late at night. And they're people that I really look up to and and really looked up to when I first started the business as well. And have admired for a long time. If we flip this question around, KB, and I ask you, who are some of the people who you feel like you have impacted the most throughout your career? Yeah. And a couple come to mind pretty quick. Uh, One is Charlie Boyd, who is the Cutco sales professional in my office. Uh, And the other one is Adam Hayes Lemon. And Charlie started off in an office where he started off in a different territory. He moved to my territory after his first summer because he was going to college in my territory. And the most pivotal conversation that I ever had in my district manager career was this business partner conversation that really just dropped in one day when I was meeting with Charlie. And I sat down with him and we really had a conversation where I said, Hey, I need someone to help me build the sales side of things. I'm really good at the recruiting side of things and the development side of things. But I really want to work with somebody and partner with somebody and be business partners that is really good at sales. And Charlie really took that to heart. 
And that was very early in his Cutco career. I remember having PCs with him, uh, personal coachings on a weekly basis, doing transformational experiences every, every three or four months with him, planning sessions, visualization, budgeting, financial conversations. And I remember at the end of Charlie's first six months of working, he had done well, but he had spent a lot of his money. And he made this decision. He was actually filling up his tank of gas with quarters. He was like, I'm just not in a good place right now. And it was either the decision where he could back down or he could face it full force. And he made this decision and, and he, he came up with this plan to make 30 calls a day every day for the next six months. And the rest was history. And it was so cool to build the business with somebody that was, that was really like just your best friend as a business partner. And we became best friends over the years. And now he's, he's thriving. He's doing extremely well. And the influence that he's made on my organization over the years, uh, I can't thank him enough. He's been somebody that has led in sales, but his teachings, his coachings, his support, his confidence that he's put into me over the years, can't thank him enough. It's been uh, so cool to watch him buy a house. It's been so cool to watch him really thrive in his business now. And, uh, really proud of what he's been able to create for himself. So um, Charlie and then Adam, you know, uh, Adam started in my office. He's a national championship winning district manager. And Adam actually interviewed in Nick Matlack's office and he was going to be in my territory for the summertime. So he was like uh, transplant, quote unquote. And Nick, I remember him calling me to tell, tell me that Adam was coming to my office. And he said, I could see this guy being a district manager one day. Right. Like he said that on our first phone call that I had in regards to Adam. And it was interesting because Adam's career the whole time, he said, I don't want to do management. I don't want to do management. I don't want to do management. (laughs) (laughs) Said that forever. And uh, I remember Adam calling me right before training. And we get this in the Cutco world as district managers, branch and district managers. You guys can relate to this, but he gave me a call and he said, Hey, I'm sick. I don't know if I can come in and try to just keep going off on, on something, some tangent. He was sick. But all that I told him was, Hey, if you don't feel great, you can leave. I would just hate for you to miss out on a great training class. We've got a great group scheduled for today. I would love to see you there. And if you really feel that bad where you feel like you need to go, then you can take off. Came to training. He sold $12,000 in his first 10 days of working. Sold $30,000 his first summer. Ended up selling another $30,000 the next summer, ended up winning a scholarship the next year, ended up running a branch office, and then ended up becoming a district manager, uh, developing his own people, uh, buying his first home, and winning a national championship as well. And I'm so proud of Adam. You know, Adam's like a a mini me in a sense, because he's like full grown up in my office uh, from the start. And we always get a kick out of Adam saying he never wanted to be involved in management. He actually never was an assistant manager. He just was a sponge. And I'm so proud of what he's been able to create for his life and excited to see what he's going to do in in his time. But that's somebody that really stood out to me as, hey man, Charlie, as a leader in the management side of things and a leader in the sales side of things. Yeah. I love how you partnered with Charlie to create a situation where uh, you had someone who was great at sales that could help you develop people into you know solid salespeople in the business. A lot of times as managers, I, like you, got into running an office 
you know, when I, I hadn't sold that much, I think I probably had sold like 30 grand when I became a branch manager and I became a DM after running two branches. I didn't sell a whole lot in between. And so I'm not an expert Cutco sales rep, but Charlie is. And to have someone like that that can help influence your team as a DM is key. And I think any DM listening can think about who can I partner with that's in my organization? How can I help them find the right mentors to become a great sales rep? And then how can they back to, to the organization and help other people rise up in the organization? That's pretty cool. And the way you lit up talking about Adam, Kevin, is, uh, is pretty telling. Many times people have asked me, why have I stayed in the business for so long? And, and there's always four things I say. It's, a, it's been a great financial opportunity. I love the flexibility and control. Uh, what we do is fun and there's really cool people around us. But then the fourth thing is we make a difference. Like we actually have a powerful impact on the world through what we do. Like we take people at a time that's so formative in their life and and provide them with an incredible experience that that sometimes makes all the difference as to whether or not they achieve what they want in the world. It takes people from one possible path that might not have been very good, and all of a sudden they're on this track that turns out to be amazing in life. And you know we have that opportunity to do that, and that's so powerful. And in the end, looking back on one's career, it's not the silver cups or the personal accolades that one will look back on with the most joy it's exactly what you said. It's Adam seeing people like him and what he's accomplished. That's what I think most people look back on uh, with the most joy at the end of a great career. So it's pretty cool to hear that. Anything else that stands out from your Hall of Fame journey that you want to share? The big development classes were a lot of fun. You know, I strive to be a division manager and I always strived for, if I'm going to do it, Charlie and I would say this forever. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. And I always try to do it right. And you know, the big development classes were so fun. The culture that we were able to build, we used to call ourselves early in the district manager days, the honey badgers. There's a video about honey badgers. They don't give up. You know what? And our team embodied that. You know, Our team was culture. We would do this event every summer for a decade called the Cutco Olympics. And the Cutco Olympics is this event that we just came up with 10 years ago that we would have these kids participate in a team night out. And the team night out was like the team night out of the summer. We would do this before every SC1 conference. And we would get everybody together on the team. We would do this big event. The ending event was always this event called the Donut Race. <laughs> I can't believe I'm even sharing this, but it was called the Donut Race. And we would have these kids eat like four donuts and then drink a glass of milk and then run like half a mile. And it was a really, <laughs> and these kids went all out on the Cutco Olympics. That was the first time that we did it in 2012, this summer. We were like, let's do a fun event. Let's create something that's just fun for these kids. They get a sell, they get to be with their friends and they just have fun and they get to grow themselves in the meantime. And all these kids throwing up after, like it was a mess. All these kids sprinting for the first time in forever, uh, doing physical like a fitness for the first time in a long time and just going all out to help their team win 
But the smiles, the laughs, the fun, the excitement, man, we had kids itching for the Cutco Olympics every year for the last decade. And it's really cool to see my development do that in their offices nowadays as well, because that was something that kept the team together. That was something that brought everybody together. I remember our team was like, kind of like these moving parts, like uh, our staff is kind of here. Our team is kind of here. I'm kind of here. And then the Cutco Olympics would happen in the summer and all of the sudden everyone's in for selling as much as we can for the rest of the summer everyone's in for the rest of the summer everyone's in for the conferences everyone's there for every team night out everyone's there for every event and it just brought everyone together you know one event like that and we did a lot of those things we did all day call days where I was probably more competitive than I should have been. We would play basketball. They would make some phone calls. Uh, we would play volleyball. They would make some phone calls. We would play kickball. They would make some phone calls. And that was a staple in my organization for so long was like competing in different ways, but having your friends work with you too. And that was really fun for a really long time. That made work fun. That made kids would literally go to team night out, be out till 11 or 12, and then be at the office ready to make phone calls 7 a.m. the next day and not miss a meeting for the rest of their Cutco career. (laughs) (laughs) One cohesive event. It was amazing. It was so fun. That's awesome. So cool. What advice, KB, would you have for someone who is, you know, starting in the vector business, thinking about whether to stay here for a while, or maybe somebody who just started as a DM and is looking to build a great career like you've had? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is just show up. No matter how you feel, get up, get dressed get to the office. That's where the magic happens. And if you can continue to keep doing that, you'll figure it out. I was never the top sales rep. I was never the most talented, never any of those things. But what I did a good job of was showing up every day, no matter how I felt. Motivation wasn't this thing that just came out of thin air. It was this thing that you created. And if you get to the office and you just start, just start, no matter how you feel, just get started. That was, uh, you know, if I could give anybody a piece of advice over the years that really helped me, that's what really helped me for a very long time. So that planning in your business, I've had a planner. Uh, I never had a planner prior to this, but uh, the last 12 years, you can see everything planned out in full depth and full details. If it's not planned out, you're not going to do it. And if it is planned out, you're going to find a way to do it. And There's endless possibilities in this business and you can create whatever you want, but you need to be intentional about what you want to create. It's not just going to come out of thin air. You know, I remember having a class of of nine branch managers and one district manager one summer. We, We deployed 10 out of the office and that didn't happen just because it was like, hopefully this happens. You know, that happened because we had strategic approaches to like, how many do we need at this event? How many do we need at, at this meeting? And that was really powerful as well. And for any district managers out there that you want to have bigger results, you want to have sustainable results, consistent results, having seven to 10 on staff, having a big staff and always striving to develop people was the most transformational thing in my business, in my business, period. Having a staff of seven to 10. I remember having a staff of seven to 10 while having five CSP candidates, while having seven to 10 backups, while having three to five branch manager candidates, while having just just all these moving parts of developing more people through the pipeline, but always having a core foundation of a staff. And 
I've had people that were at $500 in sales beyond staff. I've had people that $50,000 beyond staff. But no matter what, for years, I would always have seven to 10 people on staff and that created consistency. And I don't know if we ever had a campaign less than $125,000 in sales ever. You know, in the non summer, in the summers, you know, doing 300, 400, 500 every summer. So that really created such a great foundation for so long. Awesome. Well, KB, it's been a great career for you uh, up to this point. The $10 million mark has been achieved. I know you'll be uh, recognized for your Hall of Fame here at some sort of upcoming, I believe, at some sort of upcoming Southwest region event. And uh, it's been well-earned, clearly, through all the things that you've shared here uh, in this conversation with me. I can see that you've put your heart and soul into your career. You've really brought the best that you could to it. And uh, you should be congratulated for that. And uh, it's definitely uh, uh, seems like it's been an awesome ride for you. So uh, congratulations. And thanks so much for being part of the podcast today. My pleasure. And thank you so much for having me. And it's an honor to be a part of something like this. All right. AB, Kevin Barth, everyone. Love that he went to his first or one of his early year-end banquets and saw people being recognized and thought, if they can do it, I can do it. That is not the uh, belief that is developed by everyone. A lot of people instead look at top leaders and think there's something magical about them. When in reality, there tends to be very little that is magical about the top achievers, if anything, and it simply is based on what they learn and what they then put into action. Your knowledge and your action, that's what leads to success, and anyone can replicate those things. I love that uh, KB talked about committing, meaning no cutting corners right? To be committed is not to cut any corners, to bring your best to everything that you do. He talked about the focus on having a large staff, the development focus. And anybody could think right now, you know, who's on my team? How could I elevate that person's role? How could I give them more responsibility? How could I empower them to play a larger role in the organization? Investing time and energy into that development group is one of the most important things we can do to build a big business. KB talked about reinventing his habits each year through that process of personal growth, right? And how the one habit of working out was the domino habit that had a powerful effect on everything else in his business and in his life. I know that got me thinking, right? What could be my next domino? And I think that's a great thing each of you could consider as well you're listening here now is, right, what could be a domino habit for you in your life? And then Kevin talked about at the end, just start. Whatever that domino habit is, just start. You don't have to put in days or weeks or months of work into developing a habit. Sometimes it just starts with a few minutes. It starts with the first step, the first action, right? Just start and the momentum can build. And as the momentum can build, it can turn into something much greater and more special. And it can lead you to a great career, just as Kevin Barth has had here with Cutco Vector. Hope you've enjoyed this one today, everyone. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others. 
and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.